0: 20th, 2017. I'm Ryan. I'm Sandy. And I'm Yannick And this is Pixels Weekly News
1: We have all the same idea of what a news <laughs> generic, what a news yeah. credit song is It's that, that
2: old-timey timey sound? sound?
0: Yeah you know, yep. The kind of news wire things coming in over the, the news wire, which doesn't exist anymore, right? It's just the internet, which is
1: but They still use that a know. lot, it's they true do. They use that as his base
2: for our younger view- viewers, for our younger listeners, that sound is dial-up.
0: <laughs> that sound is internet. Technically, it's still happening, just at much faster paces. We're oh. still able
1: to sing it. The dial-up. Oh, I Sometimes remember
0: I it was I boom
2: been Impressions with Ryan and Yannick. Uh,
0: th- yeah, don't I mean, don't close the segment like we're not going to be doing it throughout the whole podcast. <laughs> I know. Yeah, sh- she's
1: podcast. clearly a fan of it, right? Wanting to in right now. And
0: that's the end. And there we go, boys. Sorry. And there Sorry. we go.
1: Pixels wow. weekly high. Pixels.
0: <laughs> I know. Unbelievable. You're unbelievable, Sandy.
2: I am unbelievable. Unbelievable, Sandy. Anyway. And totally adorable.
0: Oh, okay. Just add that one in on yourself. I do you will. Have a good birthday celebration. Yeah.
2: It was fun.
0: What does that what mean?
2: Do? I, we went to the museum and we looked at guns because I also realized I was at a museum with all men. And a it gun- was like, gun-s- hey, gun-s- let's Ian? look at old guns. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait a minute. You're, you, you typecast us. You say, look, guys, guns, right? Come on.
2: Mm-hmm. I didn't. Arya did. I was like, look, guys, rugs. Rugs because we were in the mi- Middle Eastern wing of the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and there's a lot of rugs because the Persians are known for rugs.
1: So they were like, Battlefield One, Battlefield <laughs> One, where's <is> the gun?
2: <laughs> and then it was like, All right, enough rugs, let's go see guns. And everyone got really excited to go see guns and That's swords fair. and other, you know, weapons of war.
1: You know how people, like we say, people are are losing interest into history? Just, Sandy, create a YouTube channel and do your recap. Do your walkthrough of a museum being like, mm. yo, rocks.
0: Yo, yo, check it. Guns. <laughs> guns. <laughs>
1: guns. And everybody will be fascinated, you know?
0: rugs are like, cool. You like guns? Sure you do. You play video games. Have you stepped on a rug? Of course you have. Of course.
2: play video games. and.
1: They did not, but okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, and so... Oh, we got sorry, Chinese no. food. Oh, that sounds like... Oh, yeah, I was going to say, you know, we had a Valentine's Day episode last week. What did everybody do for their Valentine's Day? Anything that we want to divulge here? Any non-sexual uh, stuff that we want to divulge here? Uh,
2: and winky, then s- second follow-up,
0: no. is there any sexual stuff that we want to
1: divulge? Here? We'll leave that to another special episode <laughs> of the podcast. I'm just kidding. Well, I did a
0: ryan's I did body dysmorphia no I'm just kidding. yeah i did something
1: that <laughs> i did something that the people everybody was like mm, this is sexual be careful it's not safe for work and i was like we're doing we did a tantric time massage session thing which is pretty much uh tantric tie is if i want to sum it up briefly it's just um Massage that doesn't really require any big effort from the person giving the massage. You know what I mean? Like when you like. (laughs) No, it's it's not giving. It's not giving. Like it's not hard to do, and you give a good massage no matter what without putting any effort. So. You know how like when you do a regular massage, it's like, uh, you you know your hand and wrist are kind of like, oh fuck, you know like, I'm you know when is this done? Yeah, like it exactly, hurts. Yeah. You work on your wrist and your forearm, and this one is pretty much like lock your elbows, lock your forearms, and just literally step on someone with your hands, kind of like you know what I mean? So not I feel like, like that. I
0: get that a lot. Yeah.
1: Right. And then it's so that's pretty much it. And it's a lot of like mix that with a little bit of me- meditation and you have to tie pretty much. Um, that's the only right. thing I remember from the session. But it has to be. Because a, a you blacked out. <laughs> yeah, no, It has to be. I did black out at some point. She was like she was showing people the instructor. There was a few couples with us, like seven or eight couples. And she didn't have anybody. The instructor didn't have anybody to demo on. So she would take in turns on on us to demo to others. And when it was my turn, um, she, was, you know, she was just checking on me to see if I had any pain, and I didn't answer. She was like, Well, I think he's asleep, so that's a good sign. <laughs> and, uh, and, do you, uh, do you uh, get no, worried about so something
0: like that? Of course, you go to sleep in that situation. You're, worried, you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So
1: we didn't, I mean, it happened to me many times. It happened to me doing the movies too, which I always feel terrible about. But anyway, to stay on topic, very fun, three hours, and we didn't do any dinner yet. She's supposed to do dinner for me at some point, but like we pretty much kept that casual and kept that like a three-hour thing where we kind of bonded. It was fun too because there was other couples around, and it's kind of like something we can reuse sometimes. Some you know, some evenings, so it's nice.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so I mean, our Valentine's Day was. Um not similar, but <laughs> we both <laughs> we both kind of just agreed, you know, we'd do dinner, something quiet at home. Um and we did. I went to uh C's Candy, which is apparently a semi-famous uh candy store in California. And um or candy chain, I think even uh, in California, and then I um, you know, I just went up to the counter, ordered an assorted box, chose my choosels and uh brought him home brought him home for the little lady nice nice thoughtful. thoughtful i didn't do any of that actually it was not thoughtful because i did uh like i brought home a bunch of like like raspberry and orange like uh, infused chocolate and she was like i don't like fruit and chocolate
1: <laughs> me neither oh uh, I, really very much in line with her i love like that those, i love those... fruit and
0: chocolate i know me too uh,
1: the strawberries that are like, uh, yeah, dipped into chocolate. Nah.
0: Oh, see, that's different. This is like uh, there'll be like some orange cream inside of a chocolate thing. Like a, oh, a okay. chocolate drop dipped yeah. strawberries. Is there anybody that doesn't like that?
1: It's like the British uh, biscuits, right? The pims that they call them.
0: This episode you know, of Pixels Weekly is brought to you by Sherry's, Berry. Sherry's Berries. Sherry's Berries. No, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's not. It's no past for Valentine's for Day. You don't care anymore. Sherry's Berries.
1: Uh, what's, what did you do, Sandy?
0: <laughs> I went
2: home. I played some Yoshi's Woolly World, Oh. and yeah, uh, you know, we yelled um, at each other, bum. and it was good. It was a good time. You yelled at each other? Well, we're always yelling at each other, but it's like a fun yelling, you know, like
0: give me an example.
2: Uh, it's like over the top and like totally like ludicrous, and it doesn't really mean anything. Like, oh, you're always in my way, and it's like, no, you're always in my way, yeah, and it sounds cute. Like nothing ever really comes of it because we're we're making tea <laughs> for each other or yeah. something.
0: Yeah, Jessica and I do that too. Yeah. Som- sometimes pretty- she'll get ready to go out and do something, and I'll just go. Um, is that what you're going to wear, <laughs> fellas? If you ever,
1: now, now, yeah, night you set up your day for <laughs> you set <laughs> yourself for a beautiful day. <laughs>
0: I was just gonna say, fellas, if you ever want to get a reaction out of your girl, just whenever she gets dressed, the nicest I'm talking about, if she's looking good. You know. and is that what you were planning on wearing? <laughs> <laughs> you're such a jerk. <laughs> it's like oh (laughs) cold-blooded boy oh boy will they be like you know it's they don't don't even usually get mad they just usually go something like yes is that okay (laughs) 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 Uh, and you're like of course it's okay all right well we've got a weird episode for you guys today Because, let's face it, there's been a lot of news lately. And I'm not talking about the kind that's coming out of the White House in New York Times. You mean
2: alternate news with alternate facts?
0: (laughs) I'm talking about (laughs) fake news. Actually, we have only real news uh, this week. Or at least real from what we understand as reported by Kotaku and IGN and Polygon and all these uh, video game websites. Um... And there's just a ton of stuff to get through, so we figured we would change the format of the show, and we might do this every once in a while when there's just a big old pile of news. Um, Expect this type of thing. Probably around E3, right? (laughs) Probably have another batch of this. Um, But I figured, like, let's kind of just, you know, go round table. We'll do Yannick, me, Sandy, and just start going through the list of, like, what we have to talk about this week some of it is well, think of this as a huge hodgepodge a little bit of what we're playing a little bit of what's in the news so let's start a mega hodgepodge episode what do you think guys yeah, yeah. let's do it I let's mean, just it's true, do though. it it's funny
1: you just mentioned it it's funny how real boring news correlates and, and like video game <laughs> news correlates with that it's like it's I know. been a crazy last month here in the US uh, and in video game news for us has been pretty much the same. Although I've heard some people like Boogie298 does a weekly review of the news and he's like, not not so much happening this week. I was like, honey, like so, not so much that you may be caring about, but here at Pixels Weekly, we care about all the things.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's true.
2: Yeah, that he's got, Yannick's got that old-timey, you know, kind of detective reporter's hat on. And mm-hmm. he's got like a, a cigarette or a pipe. And yep. he's like, listen, honey. Yeah, cigarette.
1: Listen, because it's old honey
2: timey. It's old timey. Okay.
1: Yeah. I, w- I will. I will honey, but honey bunny. If you're, if you're really a <laughs> nice person for me, you Ooh. know, like honey bunny. Yeah.
0: I like it. I will.
1: I will. I will start if you want to start it off because I think we have a busy, busy schedule.
0: Do <laughs> we do. We do. We might need four hours for this podcast. No, let's not do that. Let's do <laughs> as good as we can on time.
1: Um, just to 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 keep in track with what we've been doing before we start up with serious news, um, informative stuff. I've I finally um, picked up Firewatch. It was on Steam for ten dollars, <laughs> and throughout the show, I might actually check out if it's still on 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 sale for ten dollars on Steam. Mm. Um, only on PC, and I fi- I picked it up and I finished Firewatch over the, the last weekend. And let me tell you, it was really really a nice experience. I know you guys knew that I would like it. Um, I did like the end. Some people were like, oh, "The end is meh," and I I kind of like that. This whole build up is all coming together uh, without trying to spoil anything yet. But um, th- this whole build up is 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 getting together. And I had some people on stream checking it out with me, and so like a like always when I stream and I have people showing up, it it increased the fun. And my impressions were beautiful, very thoughtful, very well package kind of experience and um and i don't know i love just interact with interacting with the world um i felt like the the space was really big i mean just the right size you know with the way you run around and the way the days goes day goes by Uh, there's Mm. that flow going up and down and like you start the day off with conversation with that uh, delilah um and uh and and i did i did Turn out the conversation to be a little bit flirty, which I found that fun <laughs> but that's yeah that yeah. there was just me out there just trying to see where they will push it and it was kind of like interesting to have a being a a big part of uh, developing a love story throughout you know between two people that I never met um it was like something really interesting and developing there that I wanted to dig in and um and yeah i'm I'm still I'm still wondering if the possibilities were big if when you change when you choose another dialogue, that's what always worries me when i when I have to make those decisions on dialogues if I miss out something big if I miss a different ending or something like that um so I was thinking either redoing the game or either looking at some either looking at some documents online looking at some reddit posts where people are you know rumoring or talking deeply about the lore of the game but uh, for something that is that you play for 3 hours 4 hours there was a lot of uh, story to be unraveled uh, which is kind of remarkable
0: yeah i mean did you did you end up beating it
1: yeah w- no i beat it uh, and that's that's funny you know it was only 4 hours but i feel like if it was 8 hour gameplay game time i would have tried to finish it in the straight uh, in one straight try in one yeah. straight line uh, yeah it feels it good so to get into it, now it now and yeah, uh, I probably did, like, the first hour, the first day, stopped that day, too, and then when I picked it back up again, I went all the way, um, all the way through. And, uh no, it was really fun, really refreshing. It's one of those games you need sometimes to kind of, like, oof, you know, take a step back, see something new for four hours, fast pace, and, and enjoy, you know, deep dive into it for, for like, less than five hours, and, and it, it it reminds you why you play video games sometimes.
0: Yeah, it's nice to have something that it, I think Firewatch. Well, ultimately, I don't know if it's as successful as like a Gone Home. It is, I think, very very good at what it tries to do. Um, I, I think there are aspects of how they wrap up some of the storylines in that game that feel a little bit sloppy uh, towards the end. But um, ultimately, a lot of a lot of good game to be had
1: there yeah and then yeah the the the, the, the way it kind of like ends the story with the Delilah um, you know relationship is kind of like meh you know but again I mean I feel like it could also kind of like have a potential for a little for a follow up story who knows yeah. who knows
2: who knows anything's possible the nose knows
1: the nose
0: knows Sandy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no, wait, it's me.
2: <laughs> it's alright, I'll go anyways. Yeah, go. Cuz I'm uh I hijack things. Do it. This is me hijacking it. So this is actually a fun story. Um there is a guy playing Overwatch and he's cheating. He's using okay. an aimbotting tool. Unfortunately okay. for him, he was cheating against a full stack of professional Overwatch players.
0: <laughs> oh, and no. when they
2: noticed that he was cheating,
0: they wrecked him. Oh, really? They were still able to beat him?
2: Yeah, because he was the only one on the team cheating. He was the only one using the aimbotting tool because it was he was trying to help everyone else kind of like level up. And they were just not happy and not having it. And they pretty much like destroyed the cheater. So the people I didn't even that know were you playing cheat in that game. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but the pros that were playing were um Brandon Siegel Larned and it was on his stream and we'll put a fancy link to the video. Uh his teammates were two members from Team Immortals Uh, Nathan Miso, who's a popular streamer, and apparently the Lucio legend DSP Stanky. And they just... I don't make up these names, guys.
0: (laughs) These people, they gotta go by their regular
2: Stanky? I just say them. This person wants to be called Stanky? It's DSP
0: Stanky. Uh Yeah, I heard. Gross. (laughs)
2: gross (laughs) Gross. <laughs> you you gotta get it right. But it it's just funny. It's like you're cheating, you never know who you're playing with. It could be a twelve year old. It could be a pro player.
1: Well, at some point in Overwatch you gotta you gotta wonder. I mean, you gotta know a little bit the players and if you if you play at a certain rank, if you play at a certain level, you're gonna be matched up against people with your level even without talking about competitive. So yeah. at some point you're exposing yourself to, okay, I play with you know, I've been playing a, h- a hundred hours, a hundred fifty hours. I'm gonna play against other people that are around this number, um, but that's fun. I want to, I want to see that because I've seen some seagull videos and um, and I thought you were about to give us uh, bad news uh, about those aim bots, and I didn't know that they were real or not. I thought they were just like a meme, like a joke online. Yeah. No. Um, and I gotta see that in play actually document myself a bit more. That's interesting.
2: My favorite is this line. Uh, from Kotaku and it says at the end the cheater launched themselves out of a cannon on Oasis which is one of the maps yep. and Seagull's team converged on them like a plague of vultures when they finally had their fill all that was left was bones and it's just oh. there's so much like salt in this little like meme video all the salt uh, it's pretty funny oh. Well, listen here don't
1: well, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Don't uses she? Aimbot. That's why he's not really like he's Yeah, in so over
0: right the now, weekend so. some guys started converging on me. I was using an Aimbot, and <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: I aim at the converging person.
0: Um all right. Well, my first piece of news, and I think something that is, you know, if you subscribe to many video game podcasts, you've probably heard this talked about a bunch already. Um, but it is Steam. Greenlight, the service that essentially allows anybody to publish a game on Steam, Valve is ending it. They're done with Steam Greenlight and they're replacing it with something called Steam Direct. So, Greenlight is dead, long live Steam Direct. Um so for for people that don't understand what this is, it's a it's going to be a new system that is uh, a a direct sign-up system for developers, so if you want to put your game on Steam, you're going to have to go through this new thing. But there's also going to be a, some paperwork to do. And there's also going to be uh, a fee required. And they're discussing what that fee is. They said as low as $100, as high as $5,000. And I kind of want to use this piece of news. It's a little bit bigger to parlay into a discussion. We said last year, there's too many games. Um, yes and i think i it'd be hard for a lot of people to disagree with me on that one uh steam in particular seems to be filled with crud uh, these days i personally think this is a really good move how about you guys
2: i think it's it's a good idea it's interesting i don't know why they couldn't just leave it as green light and then go hey it's behaving differently but Sure, rebrand away.
1: <laughs> yeah. I do wonder. I do wonder what this fee will be because I've I've read a couple of things about it, and a lot of people are just, in uh, my opinion, also um, pretty much agrees with that, um, with the fact that you know, as long as we don't know what the fee is, I'm I'm very much worried because Valve and and the Steam platform have been shown to be a great place for us and for m- young game designers, game developers to to prove their um prove their talent and uh today yeah. it's not expensive it's not it's hard it needs dedication and motivation but the internet is so beautiful that you have the resources online and you have the you have the frameworks online to easily uh create games i mean some people might know some people might not but unity which is the one of the 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 gaming development framework that is the, the most famous and the most um Reachable, I would say um is uh the framework that Hearthstone is based uh off um in a uh, built on uh, built upon, and there is so there is a part of me that is like, okay, it's good, there is a lot of crappy shit out there on steam that should be like removed and not be appearing again and I heard that the green light system was kind of like frauded right that's how like those games were getting in is that they were almost like trading um, votes or you know they were trading they were asking for people to you know vote their game to submit them sure and steam direct is gonna like put that money barrier Uh, but I'm thinking about the 13 year old talented boy that you know was making um, some beautiful indie game and now has to somehow find also time to run a Kickstarter campaign or uh, you know ask his parents a, l- a lot more money that that you know that when he planned uh plan to and uh yeah so it, it's there is both ways here it's hard to disagree with any you know it's hard to disagree with valve move move here i just hope it becomes uh reasonable and um i would have hoped that steam direct becomes like comes with some sort of a uh a steam donation like s- that Steam Direct comes up with some way, not that I don't know any of it right now, but comes with some way of doing some crowdfunding um, where someone that somehow proves himself uh, to be willing to distribute a really good game and a really interesting game, be able to promote that on Steam as well, and ask for help and crowdfunding and, and stuff like that, because we live in a world of crowdfunding, so it's hard for me to imagine just valve being like give us $1000 and you know without that we can't make your project a reality um which evidently would kind of be a be a, be a shame because i think that's where steam uh, has been really setting itself apart from the other platforms you know um yeah i mean it's been it's, it's been a path for a lot of people you know
0: i feel like steam in a lot of ways is you know in the, has this identity crisis of Is it the platform, is it the mainstream platform where everybody gets their PC games, or is it like this fostering and -and up-and-coming generation of PC games that might be great one day, might never be great, you know, just kind of fledgling sort of projects? And I, I wonder if, you know, this system is not designed to help them further define themselves, I guess, in in one of those camps if that makes any sense is that does that resonate with you guys because i feel like there's something to steam is in this to make money and right
2: correct and, and
0: i'm sure there's so many games out there and like that don't sell any copies or sell very few copies and they're thinking to themselves we're paying either to host this stuff we are paying it there is some inherent cost associated with listing it and maintaining a ever growing massive store. You know, we saw in our episode last year about too many games, we said 38% or something like that of steam's entire catalog appeared just in this past year. And like, you got to imagine it's going to cost thousands and thousands of dollars a day to have people just reviewing stuff, app store style. Um, to see if it's worthy of being on Steam, and, and at some point you got to just put up a dam and go, "Hey, you know." I mean, I think if it's five thousand dollars, we we all agree that that feels like too much, yeah.
2: Yeah, well, but I, mean, I guess it, it depends on like it depends on who the developer is, where it's coming from. I think Valve will be smart enough to see the differences between someone who's doing this on the side. Or funsies versus like a, an already established studio that is working on a brand new IP that they want to kick off the ground.
1: I mean, yeah, and no, uh, you you make a good point. I think if they see someone creating a a bad game, quote unquote, in the past, or a game that hasn't reached success or a game with a certain amount of like low ratings, I'm sure they're gonna take that in consideration for if that person ends up posting more games, more new games, you know.
0: So, I've been thinking about this number in my head for since this news was announced, which is basically, I think, around last weekend, and I think I've got something here that I want to run by, you guys. Go ahead. What if the fee is the equivalent of selling 20 copies of your game? So, this, 20 like... is a low number. 20 is a low number, right? Yeah. And... I think it's to now there's something to it to me because like yeah. now somebody who is going to only make like three to five bucks is in the three to five hundred do- or three to five hundred dollars. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> If it's like five bucks, they're going to spend about what is that? Three hundred. Right. Right. Three hundred bucks to get their thing on the store. And if they were planning on selling a $50 game, now all of a sudden you're in like 1000 bucks, Right.
1: Which is pretty much competing with the you know game, studio, game studios and game editors um, at that oh. price.
0: Right, exactly. Exactly.
1: But that's interesting. I, I mean, sense. I hope they, they kind of take in consideration a, a variable here, not just have a flat rate. Uh, which I feel like it has kind of a scale. scale.
0: Yeah. yeah How exactly. did you get to 20? Okay. Well, here's the thing. Like, okay. So I was thinking there, <laughs> what if, if I'm valve, I want to create a little pinch of pain with this. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think if it was 10 copies and you were selling like a $5 game that you could probably come up with 50 bucks pretty easily. Okay. But, like, coming up with, like, a hundred bucks is all of a sudden, like, hmm, this is, uh, I really have to kind of mean it, you know? Right.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, right. It, it, it comes down to, really, the fee. The fee. We'll talk about this again, I'm sure, on the show. Yeah. And be like, okay, this is too expensive. Boo, Valve, or this is right. great. Wow, Valve, you know? Plus, I just uh, th-
0: think it doesn't help Valve at all to have Mm -hmm. thousands of titles that sell zero copies a year sitting in their store. What's the point? Yeah, exactly. All right. So that's my first piece of news. Yannick, what else you got? Moving
1: on. The Twitch, I don't know how long that thing came out, but the Twitch year in review website uh, got published. So you could go to twitch.tv slash year slash 2016. And it's funny in my Chrome history, I've, I have noticed that I've browsed to twitch.tv slash year slash 2013.
0: Oh, I just you know. went to it now. It's very good. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: and the, and the, and so yeah, I don't know how I went to the 2013 year review. But anyway, uh, yeah, they went with something a little bit more original that some companies like Discord, they do their year in review on a in a medium post those days. That's the fancy way to do it. And twitch.tv slash year slash 2016 is a game. You drive a, a car. You can link your Twitch account to this game, to this mini game. Um, and uh, you will have uh, data according to your interest, I guess, to what you watched and stuff like that. Or if you're a streamer, you will give you probably potential growth of your channel or stuff like that. I'm not that big of a streamer to really know. Um but but uh you basically drive that car through a world and it's uh, a game of three made of three levels and uh, you enter the world of Twitch and then you enter chaos and then you back around the Twitch HQ the narrative is really bad okay don't expect any lore any like you know ex- like great great warning they pretty much set that up and and um- we kind of like to to stay in line with what they sell and what they advertise, which is video games. It's a it's a great effort. Sure. I appreciate it. And it's a great way to digest, you know, the numbers that they have. But all in all, what we want is numbers. And um I got I'm not gonna give you those numbers that don't mean anything. Uh like two hundred and ninety two billion minutes watched. Like you're gonna hear that, listening to that on the subway, you'd be like, Okay, I'm falling asleep again. No. <laughs> yeah. Um I have um I have some 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 that were really surprising and that I really liked well first of all I was part of the I was a deep part with DestinyCon of the you know the the biggest charity event uh Saint Jude Hospital has ever um gotten money from and uh and so one of the most exciting numbers for me is that Twitch managed to raise 25 million dollars for charity. Overall, wow. all games, all you know, all channels, everything together, twenty-five million dollar raise for charity, which is pretty pretty cool. Um, Four hundred thirteen million kappas uh, emote used, uh, which is you know the most popular emote used on on Twitter on Twitch. Um, I guess this p- this is because pico- because people wanted to check if they had the golden kappa. And so they wanted to call call for the golden kappa, but just using the regular kappa. Uh, Finland, what do you think Finland has to do with Twitch? Finland is in the year in review of Twitch. Finland is the country with the most use of friends, uh, a feature that they announced probably early last year. Uh, They probably announced, if I remember correctly, they announced the friends feature... Very late in their in the life of Twitch, you know, um, <laughs> okay, setting yeah. communities, um, and Finland is the country with the most <laughs> use of Friends, um, oh. one last one last number that makes sense because it is so also something of, about something that they launched in June twenty sixteen. Twitch introduced cheering, so it's pretty much um, buying in Twitch currency called bits, and you buy them with real money. And then you distribute them um, to any streamer you want. So it's pretty much a uh, a currency in between di- giving direct money donation to someone, um, and, and kind of like losing control over that. This time you put ten dollar uh, in your bank, in your Twitch bank kind of thing, and then you distribute those bits between the lover, the the stream that you want the streamers you wanna support. And I think you know, it's like it looks better. It's it's more digestible. It's like a hundred bits. I give you a hundred bits, but that's probably worth fifty cents at the end. Or I'm I'm Mm -hmm. just saying it wrong. But it's not like, um, it's like a a a currency that you can you can have more fun with. And streamers have been having fun with those bits, um, having a bucket on an overlay on top of their game. And every time someone Uh, give them bits, those bits kind of like fall off just from the sky or from the top of their screen and kind of like falls into the mug and some of them fall apart. So the goal of all the viewers is to fill up that mug and I guess there's a challenge and depends on what the streamer decides to do. Uh, The number uh, people donated via cheering and via bits, they donated around $5 million. Wow. So for something, 5.9 million dollars. A lot of money, um, and uh, and 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 it's a lot of money, and and yeah, Twitch has never been that successful. You've never seen that many views. You've never seen that m- that much money raised. You've never seen that many streamers. So, Amazon and Twitch must be, you know, warming up their hands right now, and and looking ahead, it looks like uh, it doesn't. It looks like a bright bright future for for the platform.
0: I I you know what's funny is I was going through this, and. I was looking at the the beautiful artwork. I I I always forget the name of the artist. Timothy Reynolds. Timothy uh, J Reynolds.
1: Um well, props to him. It's a yeah, very props fun game. to
0: that guy. He he did some great. He always does really great work, and uh, and you can go see his profile on Dribbble. He does a ton of stuff, but he his work was so three D and distinct that he ended up being hired by Twitch as just their three D illustrator. So all that stuff now. It's just him, and it's got a very shared style, and it. I think it's really good for the company.
1: That's awesome. I didn't oh. know that. There we go. Adding some news on top of the news.
0: That's exactly designer what we're news. trying to do here. Small little designer news cut out in the news section. Yep.
2: Sandy. Speaking of charity, the Humble Bundle, which I love because Humble Bundle makes me buy games that I already have. Oh. And pay for them again. Oh. Because if I don't, then I'm losing money. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know it. Exactly. So, Humble Bundle has a Freedom Bundle, and it probably won't be available when this comes out. No, I don't think it will be. Time's running out. But the good part is this Humble Bundle supports the ACLU, the IRC, and the MSF. If you don't know what that is, use the internet. Okay, thanks. (laughs) <laughs> um, just kidding.
0: Hey, thanks. Bye.
2: <laughs> uh, they, their goal initially was to raise uh, $300,000. They've raised $5 million. Wow. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's And the games included in this The Witness. Huge. Stardew Valley. Huger. Super Meat Boy. Huge. DRM Free. Huge? Octodad. <laughs> Dadly is catchier. World of Goo. I really like that game. Gooier? Song of the Deep. Deeper? Which which I played and enjoyed. Guacamele, the gold edition. Golder. Which I have. Uh-huh. And
0: Ander. Where is
2: it? Drumroll. Uh, my my
0: brother would be remiss if we didn't say Subnautica.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, but like. It's
0: all sold out. System Shock, it's sold fantastic. System. The one
2: I'm going to pay for. What's yeah. the
0: price?
2: Human what? Resource what? Machine. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's $30. Not, you pay whatever you want, isn't it? <laughs> it is pay what you want, but with this one specifically, yeah, it's minimum 30. pay $30 to unlock all these games. Yeah. Wow. And it's, let's see. But the people listening
0: can't get it. (laughs) Here's what we're going to do, people that are listening. Sandy, did you buy this bundle? Not yet. Okay, you've got three days to do it. Yeah. I have made purchase of this bundle.
2: It is like 75 games or 75 different
0: items. It's a ton of games. It's a ton of games. So here's what I'm going to do. Just some shock. I am going to be giving away any one of these games that i don't want or don't already have <laughs> i don't want
2: <laughs> it's like the games we don't already have
0: but let me let me let me say about s- some of these games here that you're gonna get because that means stardew valley could be yours that That's means nice have. things like i want that game absolutely things like uh guacamelee there's like two editions of Guacamelee in this thing, both yeah. of
2: those. Yeah, Super Turbo Championship
0: Edition yeah. and the Gold And the Gold Edition. edition. Those could be yours. So I'm going to give away those keys. We're going to do it on the Pixels Weekly blog. Um, and uh, yeah, stay tuned. It'll be happening soon. And okay. Sandy, if you get the bundle, you donate some keys too, Okay.
2: I totally will. I will. So we'll I will,
0: darn sweeten darn the ah, pot. Bro.
1: And I promise not to steal them from you guys once I see the block.
0: Ionix <laughs> just That's refreshing my. the page. No, no I oh see this it's... stupid site anyway.
2: I will bite you. I will bite you. So just for one game
1: fast. I would have bought this bundle. Just for witness, but I have it already. But just for the witness, if I didn't purchase it purchase it on, on PS four a few months ago. Uh I would have just gotten a button all just for that game. And for the good donation to ACLU. Have you mentioned that, Sandy? Sandy, did you?
2: Yeah, that's the first thing yeah, I said.
1: All right. I was support the for
2: ACLU, <laughs> the IRC, and the MSF.
1: There we go.
0: And let, let's be clear, I mean, like some of these games like Stardew Valley, everybody's been talking about it. That game itself, it's fifteen dollars alone on Steam. The Witness.
1: Yeah. Very yeah.
0: rarely on sale. It's forty mm-hmm. bucks on Steam. Like these are big, big games with big price tags. The Swapper, awesome, came out on a PS4 a while ago. Super great. Human Resource he, Machine, World of Goo. These are great games.
1: And I think that we can we can assume that we'll we'll keep you guys posted about what the the Humble Bundle has to offer in the in the future because it's something that I've discovered recently and it's most of the time have really great deals and and really good stuff. Didn't you want to talk about one, Ryan, specifically as well? Oh that man! Is about to end.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you'll have about 12 hours after this episode comes out to go grab it, Uh, if I'm not mistaken. But time is running out. There's four days and 15 hours as of time of this recording, which means it should run out Monday around the middle Mm -hmm. of the day Pacific time. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's the Star Wars Humble Bundle 3. It's the third Star Wars bundle, but it's got some key games that haven't been there before that I'm super excited about, like... X-Wing versus TIE Fighter and X-Wing Alliance. Awesome. Ooh. Both Knights of the Old Republics. Rebel Assault. That was one of my first ever PC games. I bought a joystick and hooked it up to a scuzzy port to play that game. Shadows the of the Empire. Both Battlefronts. They don't have the Uh-oh. new Battlefront. No. This is Star but Wars Battlefront, okay. the old PS2 or 3, whatever it was. Uh, oh, yeah. Shadows of the Empire, one of my favorite N64 games. Uh, of all time, very actually hard to play. <laughs> very hard to play. <laughs> Star Wars Empires at War. If you forgot, Star Wars made actually a pretty decent Starcraft clone called Star Wars Empire at War. Um, and if you pay more than thirty five bucks, you get a sweet X-wing versus Tie Fighter Navy T-shirt, which you His know
1: look, it looks amazing. Yeah, <laughs> T-shirt is worth you know the the humble bundle by itself.
0: Totally is. Totally is. So. That is my second piece of news, technically. I have a bunch of news. Should I do one more?
1: Yeah, go ahead. You're on the roll. You got the momentum. Keep it.
0: The
2: best part about the Humble Bundles is that you can pay what you want
0: and support a charity of your choosing. So, um, and you get to choose where the money goes. It's really great. Anyway, um, the next piece of news I want to share is It's happening. <laughs> it's happening. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, the not yet released game by Nintendo, I repeat, Nintendo makes this game, is going to have a season pass. What
2: is happening? What is happening?
0: And uh, hold on, before you get excited, have you already checked this thing out?
2: No, I was waiting for you to tell me all about it.
0: Yeah. okay thank we you didn't for want playing along it. with the bit if, if even if you weren't um so it's they're calling it an expansion pass um it is it does uh it does new this. language i know expansion pass it's 20 bucks so a lot not a lot but cheaper than most of your typical season passes um but it, it contains the following three new treasure chests okay uh, this this is what you get uh-huh. immediately upon March third, just for paying for it. They're found in the Great Plateau. <laughs> the second bullet is contains useful items. <laughs> Ooh, very
1: elusive. <laughs> like they're really trying not to spoil anything.
0: <laughs> this is this oh is just God. like yeah. This is Nintendo at peak Nintendo. Um, even though this is their first time doing DLC uh, for a game like this, and this is the first time Zelda has ever had a DLC monumental the next bullet point is includes exclusive in-game clothing all right and then summer of this year they're gonna add a new cave of trials challenge um a new hard mode which is interesting to have a hard mode added to a game and then you have to pay for it and then an additional (laughs) map feature which (laughs) what what is that yeah Uh, And finally, the second DLC pack, which comes out closer to the holidays. This is the compelling thing. New original story. Okay? New dungeon. Whole new dungeon. And additional challenges. And let's face it. By the way, one of the pieces of exclusive in-game clothing is a (laughs) Nintendo Switch t-shirt for Link to wear. Which is... Mm extremely upsetting if you ask me um because please not worth yeah don't 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 break the fiction zelda don't put link in like a mountain dew sweatshirt like that's the last thing i need but this isn't Mitomo. God. this isn't Mitomo. what do you make of this i mean maybe yannick i don't know if you have more or less to say but like what is your perspective not having not really played a zelda before or having not played one in a long time and sandy Being a Nintendo fan, what do you think?
2: It's a little weird. It's. Weird. I I feel like. I guess the other thing is too with like DLC and expand. and the expansion pass. It's kind of like here's this game that we finished, but we want to get some more money from you. So (laughs) we're going to hold on to this section and then. Ask for more money and then give it to you.
1: Yeah. It does feel like once we get... Now that we've gotten here, we've reached... We've got to the point of no return, which is um, no major title will will be shipped entirely and completely. We'll always have to wait for a, a season pass following up, and that's how they plan... That's how... The main uh, business model is now set up into yeah. uh, this this in-app purchase. I like to call it just like yeah. In a way, like it's like Nintendo waking
0: up to what the business reality of video gaming yeah. is right now.
1: And uh, I think they have to uh, they have to um, react to the to the plan to the high cost of development that this game has has asked them. And uh and they that's the only way they see it become you know, become profitable, I guess. That's 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 the reality of, of, of nowadays. And and until Nintendo until Nintendo um was Nintendo before this DLC was announced, I had mm-hmm. hope. I had hope that they would listen, listen to the people, listen to customers being like give us, you know, listen to some people saying. Of course there's always gonna be the people that create the problem are the people paying for those season passes but yeah. there are a lot of people upset at, up, upset at those this business model and and uh and willing to go back to how it was before where games were shipped bundled uh, entirely 100% and you had all the content in one disc and i guess right now with with the technical capabilities and and all that you can't really go anywhere else but this way and 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 it got it gets me a little sad it makes me a little bit bummed out right now uh, not that it changes my opinion about zelda i, th- I still hope and think it's going to be a an, an incredible game and i hope it, it 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 skyrockets the 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 switch uh into being the next uh a great great console that nintendo is desperately needing to survive um But uh, I guess I just have to say that's how it is now, right? We're just gonna have to wake up the next day and just deal with it, all like for every major title. I mean, take For Honor, a game that I've been uh, that I tested. I didn't purchase it. There's a lot of things that I don't like about it. There's a lot of things that people love about it, and I respect that. But when you see that you pay sixty dollars for a game, and the season pass is forty dollars for cosmetics and stuff like that it's it's a hundred dollar for basically six six missions per faction or something like that and then the most of it is pretty much relying on the sandbox which is you know the the big part of it is the multiplayer which ultimately once you have the sandbox you can pretty much multiply that sandbox and create new customs, create new maps and and even evidently new modes but I don't believe it this th- those kind of season pass to really extend the duration of a of of a game so you know um, I, I mean I, I think it's a passes,
2: also but. a way to get for Nintendo to keep people interested in the console considering there's such a there's a significant amount of time between when Zelda Breath of the Wild comes out and their next big title comes out which was Splatoon 2 It's like, hey, don't put the Switch down. Keep playing it. We've got Expansion Pass.
1: And you know what? There is a small fraction of the sales of the Nintendo Switch that will increase a little bit every time a Season Pass feature is coming out. Every time a DLC of Zelda is coming out, it brings it back to the news and brings it back to the Internet, on Twitter and everything. It brings the hype up a little bit. Now the goal is to really spread the hype. Spread it as much as possible. If your game can be talked about, every day of the year you you're a winner uh it's impossible I mean, realistically but that's what they're aiming at you know social media communication marketing has to be spread throughout the entire business year to 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 make the game uh um, worth investing in i guess
0: you I don't say you, you say that that's their next big release but honestly i think that's their next big release for like nintendo fans or people who already played splatoon i think in the general public side the next big release is mario and that's in Christmas. Right. And I don't know if more Zelda is enough to hold tied people over for Christmas. What Switch really needs is people spending money on both Nintendo stuff and third-party stuff, which is what every Nintendo console has needed in the past, like, two iterations of Nintendo consoles. Uh, going back to Wii, where nobody bought anything but Nintendo games, and Wii U, where nobody really bought anything but Nintendo games, uh, Nintendo can't really afford another console where they... People only buy Nintendo games if they want to actually be socially relevant anymore. But uh, for me, the DLC's got to do two things. Because you can't purchase it separately. That's the big caveat here. You can't be like, oh, I'm just going to get the $5 you know story stuff when that comes out. You have to buy the $20 pack. And it, it has to do a few things. Number one, the base game that I'm paying $60 for, $80, um, better mm-hmm. <laughs> better be fantastic it really has to be good and i'm not saying just really good but i mean if the things that they're going to put in dlc pack one is uh, a cave of trials challenge like it has to be so fun that i i just like booting it up and like messing around in that world okay that's a huge huge burden that like very few games manage to hit secondly those useful items that they give me three treasure chests in the great plateau If you're smart, Nintendo, you're going to make one of them, at least one, a nostalgia item. You know, Mm -hmm. if you promise Mm -hmm. someone, say, the Mirror Shield from Link to the Past, or if you promise them, you know, the Ocarina from Ocarina of Time that maybe doesn't do anything, but you can just play songs on it. Like, okay, that is absolutely a must-have
1: thing. It'd be stupid if they don't surf on that wave, right?
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. If this is just like... A cool new piece of armor. If this is a horse armor all over again, right? No one cares. Next, hard mode can't just be everything's harder. It better be there are new types of enemy behaviors. There are new things that can be done. It has to be changing the game. Uh, and then finally, the story better not be a side quest. It better be a good chunk of story this is 20 bucks is one-third the price of their game right and i mean nintendo can do this right we have seen them take link to the past and make link between worlds essentially the same game adding new mechanics adding new story making it fantastic we've seen them do ocarina of time and turn it around in a year or two and make majora's mask some people's favorite zelda game you can do this, Nintendo. <laughs> I believe in you. I believe they We will- believe. I believe. We I believe. We believe. I- <laughs> but just let's make sure the regular game is good first. And if the game story ends on a cliffhanger and you're going to try and get everybody to pay $20 to finish this story, I think you're going to get a lot of upset. Yep. Yeah. Okay. You want
1: to take a break?
0: Let's take a break. Let's sip some water. Let's pee. Out our private parts. <laughs> <laughs> just, just in and when case. we come back, more news a surprise follow-up about a listener request. We'll talk about that soon. Bye.
2: Ooh.
0: Ooh. A teaser. Hey, Sandy and Yannick. Hey. Have you guys heard of this newfangled thing called Discord? Discord. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, it's just like an internet telephone.
2: Wait, the buttons on it or the one
0: that, you know. It's called Discord.
1: Yeah, the numpads, right? Oh, it'll make you numb. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't ready for this one.
0: I'll tell you, Discord is actually a place where you can chat with us. Yeah, that's right, the hosts of Pixels Weekly.
1: Well, I'm very much looking forward to
2: that. But I have a question. Is it going to work on my smartphone?
0: You better believe it sister You can do that through the app Just go to PixelsWeekly.com And click on the join link Right on the homepage And you can be chatting with us Today We'll see you there Yay Ha! We're back
1: (laughs) Better than ever
0: (laughs) Can't stop us Can't slow us down Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. All right, guys, before we continue with our news, we've got two other big pieces of news, one related to a popular video game expo show that you may have heard of, and the other regarding a popular YouTube celebrity you may have heard of. Uh, Before we get into the nitty-gritty of that stuff, I wanted to say uh i've been doing shout outs this week i gotta give another shout out to JustBug. i started playing XCOM, and this game is like kicking my ass <laughs> i don't know if i just like don't know how to play it but like i played through the tutorial i like half heard it because the entire time uh, sandy and my brothers weirdly were watching the grammys <laughs> and they were just <laughs> chatting over every stupid movie sequence that happened. Um, well, I wish I was here for
1: that. <laughs>
0: yeah, and uh, so I played the first mission. I beat it; it was easy. And I played. I go to play like the first mission after the tutorial, where, by the way, they introduce you to some sort of crazy base management stuff that looks literally like like one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Um, and I just go to play the first mission. I lose and then I go play it again. I lose. And I'm playing it on easy, mind you. Play it again. I lose. And then I'm just in the middle of playing it a third time and my girlfriend was like, "Do you want to just like make out and go to bed?" I was like, "Yeah. Let's. What am I doing?" <laughs> 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 it was like that's sounds... the answer to everything. Right. Exactly. That sounds way more fun. And so, uh yeah, spug buddy. I I'm trying this XCOM thing for you. Maybe I'm going to have to get on. I'm going to have to get on stream. I already owe you guys a stream to show you a tour of my city, Skyline city. So maybe this weekend I'm going to do that. And I got to do a little XCOM to stream where like someone tells me what to do because I'm lost. I'm lost. I keep trying to do it within seven. I have seven turns before this thing explodes. It always explodes. I can't kill all the bad guys in time. I don't even know if I'm supposed to kill the bad guys in time. It keeps saying I can remote hack it. I don't see any buttons that let me remote hack it. I don't know what I'm doing. Help. Help.
1: Go on Discord and find us and find Ryan and tell him how to do it. I think <laughs> JustBug can also help you out. He hasn't answered yet. Maybe he can give you some I know. Some I think he's
0: in that. the UK, so like his time is yeah. never our time, which is too bad. Too bad. <laughs> too day. bad. All right. Which one of these do you guys want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about E3 first or do you want to talk about PewDiePie Pie first? Let's oh, talk think about E3. i leave
1: PewDiePie for the, yeah, for
2: the
0: yeah. last one, huh? Yes, uh,
2: so PewDiePie. <laughs> <so. laughs> yeah. All right. Let's talk about E3. What Let's do the E stand E3. for?
0: Elect- i mean i know wait a minute Are for you everybody who's asking- <laughs> gonna say there's three e's that's why it's called e3 <laughs> what does <laughs> the e stand for i mean i guess electronics um it's electronics entertainment expo yeah ding 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 <laughs> which is not really a good name for what it is now which is a video game show it should be called for example the vge's the video game expo uh, but E3 <laughs> has, I mean, that's what it is, right? But it was electronics back in the day when it was the, uh, you know, Sony computer entertainment America. Um, and you had these kind of kludgy words in the industry. But so for the first time in a long time, the public is going to get to go. What? Now, remember what Yannick did last week with all the Activision stuff? Yes. Let's start off that way. Care? Don't care. Uh. Bum, bum, bum. I created
1: a new <laughs> segment. I'm proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> care, <don't> care.
0: <laughs> uh, here's my phone. Don't care.
2: Don't care. Because there's so many. E3 is like an It's for professionals. It's meant to showcase things to uh, entertainment news organizations. I guess. And people who want to buy and sell things and retailers, it's not really something that's meant for the everyday person. Yeah. So I don't know how opening to the public is going to make it kind of, like, unique. Yeah,
0: if I, I don't go know, to a video I don't game know show, what E3 is doing that, like, other than just purely its location that, like, packs doesn't do, right?
2: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like PAX, and there's a PAX East, there's a PAX Prime, there's a PAX South. I have mm-hmm.
0: options. There's a PAX North. No, there isn't. <laughs> I think there will Maybe be. There might north. be. things just keep multiplying, uh, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, PAX is. I've been to PAX East twice. I love PAX East. Uh, it's. Great, it's in my hometown, and then it's an excuse to go home if I'm not home already. And um, these days, it's a lot harder to get to. And by the way, these tickets are like 150 bucks, and those are basically all sold out. Now you're into $250 territory. Between that, travel, the price of a hotel, woof. I, I mean, I, I do,
1: yeah, so I do care, and it's like... You guys don't care because you don't want to go, but I do care because I care <laughs> much about this event. I think it's a it's a great event to have. And I remember um, in 2007, it, it scaled down to 10,000 people, moved from LA to Santa Monica. Yeah. And they scaled it down for whatever reason that I haven't found the history of. but And even 2008 was 5,000 attendants with only like 39 exhibitors. And and we thought the event would die. We thought the thing, because I guess, you know, they're struggling monetizing it. It's a lot of organization. And, um, and I think that's one of their ways to, as since 2009, they have been having more attendance and more exhibitors. And as they grew again and became more confident, um, allowing access to more attendance, and as they kind of see that barrier between inviting right now journalists but also inviting streamers and people from the community they were like well we're taking that path might as well go all the way and have the streamers and their communities everybody's welcome to come it's a good idea in theory i love that it's gonna have the great ambience of pax i just i just wonder i just worry a lot that e3 won't be e3 anymore um that it'll because turn into that. a sort of it PAX? Will, it will turn into a PAX. It won't be E3. You know what I mean? Like, E3 was the thing that I couldn't go to. E3 was the thing that I was watching stream of. E3 was the thing that I was getting news from. And that was, like, the big, big batch of news from. And now I feel like the only thing that I will hear from journalists, and I don't know how the organization will go out there, but... I'm expecting the lines to be huge. I mean, this is supposed to be the place where you announce new games, and those games are playable for the journalists to report on, even if it's just demos and stuff. And now you're just gonna have journalists and regular—I want to say regular people, but like gamers, <laughs> um, uh, like mingling Civilians. together and and making it like a making it an annoy, annoying annoying uh, place. The first thing that I tweeted about was that this play, you know this thing was amazing, and the second tweet after i posted mine the second tweet that i saw was that yeah and i think it was jason schreier from kotaku they were like e3 it's great but don't expect um you know expect a day where you're going to spend at least 10 hours in line uh while you wait to play a game and this is you know this that, is for the record that is before
0: to, you allow fifteen thousand people in
1: yeah and uh and so that happens like you know, right
0: now for a journalist
1: Fifteen thousand now. Uh, in t- twenty fifteen, they had fifty two thousand uh, attendance. Um, people attending, and, and so that it's quite a quite a growth uh, all of a sudden um, compared to the previous years. And uh, I wonder how they're gonna handle that. And I I just hope it won't make it a an annoying experience. Because if it's an annoying p- experience for the journalist, you will feel it in the review. You will feel it in the news. You w- you will feel it as bad publicities, even for those new. Um, you know, franchise that might come out, those new games that might be announced. Uh, Well,
0: let's talk about that moment for a second because I think it's important to sort of frame this for people. You're not, when you buy a ticket to this, you're not buying a ticket to these press conferences. Press conferences are invite-only events. Uh, They have all they can do to fit all the press in the room. This is not some sort of like all the things that make news and all the big like games that are debuted are going to be debuted on those stages yes they a lot of them will be playable but i mean this is you're not going to be the person going like no one's ever heard of this game i'm breaking it from the e3 show floor
1: most of the time think about it i see um i see two ways i mean it's true like Journalists will still have main uh, priority to the those conferences. That's my first way to enjoy E3 is live stream or look at the recap of those uh, conferences. We did it with the show, right? Last year, we were watching those live conferences and were commenting live. That was very fun. That was my first way to enjoy it. My second way to enjoy it is a few weeks after the YouTubers that went to the event that was that were cordially invited come back, make YouTube videos, and do their v- vlogs and stuff like that. And, um they kind of do it peacefully they're able to play a lot of games they're able to discover a lot of things and now you put them in the middle of um gamers and potentially a lot of their fans and that can kind of like create chaos and at the end don't really make them cover games the way they wanted to don't make them enjoy the event the way they wanted to i think it's going to be similar
2: to like a a blizzcon uh new york comic-con san diego comic-con uh, packs. I think it's it's going to be very much the same. And okay. I think allowing regular people into the show floor is just a way for E3 to kind of boost interest in that. Because even though we're interested in the video game aspect of E3, there is other stuff out there. Like, they do showcase televisions, uh, new technologies, VR did... It was showcased at E3 several times. So it's kind of like, it's video games and the peripherals that go hand-in-hand hand with that. And if you're really interested in the business from how to make a game, how to get someone to buy all the things to play a game, and how can we get them to really enjoy that experience, you, you'll you kind of get that in every single step of the way. I don't... It's going to be interesting because I think... Normal people will want to go in and they'll want to get that experience from the pre- that the press gets, but they're not going to get that, and I think they're going to be frustrated because they're not going to be able to go in and talk to their you know right, they're not going to get to talk, go talk to, to Todd
0: Howard or Giant Bomb right these people are like right. uh, yeah, the so way the press saying, works like... is like there's appointments that are made they happen behind yeah. closed doors yeah and a lot of the games by the way you wouldn't even want to play them. Because they're mostly broken.
1: And I think this is a... Uh, and you're right. Now that you open it to the public, the journalists will still want to have their exclusive access. So there's going to be way more organization made to separate uh, gamers and, and fans um, from the media and from the game developers. So ultimately, I'm just saying, I'm just, I just hope they do it right. Because if they do it wrong, the E3 brand as we know it, might get affected on the long term. I'm not saying it's going to be a failure this year. I'm sure the numbers will be incredible. You're going to have great, great feedback from it. But over time, it might be something that would be like, I could hear whispers echoing around um, saying, oh, it was better before. You know what I mean? Like, I just hope it's not It's not like that. And I, I, I have a small belief that the, it can affect the brand negatively, more than positively. And, Maybe, yeah. And more th- E three's th- gone through. Short,
2: short, they've gone through yeah. a lot of stuff. They've gone
1: through
0: shit, but you know, who knows? But, ne- but never yeah. civilians. Yeah, there's oh, like they've been through babes. civilians before too, I and mean, then they closed it off, <laughs> and then they reopened it, and then they closed it off, and now they're reopening yeah. it again.
2: And like it, it used to be really easy to get credentials to get into E three. You just need to be a kid on a on a blog, with like no one actually following you. So any you know, Tom, Dick, and Harry can go in and oh, kind of, like, check days. that stuff out.
0: The good old so,
2: I mean, I think they just want to... They just want the numbers. All
0: right, guys. We got to...
1: The elephant. Ender room.
2: What elephant? So, speaking of YouTubers, segue, uh, there's been a really... Now we're speaking about E3 and YouTubers and how they kind of like showcase information. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a really popular one. You guys may or may not have heard of him, PewDiePie.
0: Hmm.
2: Um, well, let's, let's say it. let's say it. Say it right. PewDiePie. Whatever. It's Pew. not spelled that way. I know, but I'll call him by his real name. Uh, his I don't Christian know his real name.
0: name.
2: <laughs> I don't care. his name is felix like the cat oh yeah 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 sensible name
0: but and and he's an unfunny racist fuck
2: or so they claim dun dun
0: dun all right here we go what's up
2: so the problem that pewdiepie uh, got into was that disney has decided to distance themselves from him PewDiePie was partnered with Maker Studios. Maker Studios is owned by Disney. And I'm assuming Disney and Maker Studios got a lot of complaints. He has made several videos that were that can be deemed anti-Semitic in nature, even though he claims they were satire. And Disney is family-friendly and They will react and will react quickly if they get enough people banging at their door. So Maker Studios goes, peace. We can't work with you anymore because of the content that you're creating. Shortly after that, YouTube canceled his YouTube Red show because they were like, Disney's distancing distancing themselves from you. So we have to do the same. And he was on the YouTube Preferred which means he was getting paid a lot of money in terms of revenues uh, because he was deemed family friendly, which meant anybody could watch him. And then it kind of just like blew up. Yeah, even, even the media got a hold of it.
1: So how did he blew up? Explain us exactly. Yeah, I want to makes... know the the gist of it.
2: So it's gotten. Usually, YouTube news is kind of contained to youtube and other youtubers but this has made its way into kotaku waypoint the wall street journal the new york times cnn ton of news sources are reporting on it and the big thing to take away from here is that once you have sponsors and once you're reached the level of some form of recognition pewdiepie is essentially known as the king of youtube There are consequences for the content you make.
0: Million plus dollars a year from it.
2: Yeah. And he's lost a pretty valuable partner in Maker and Disney. And it, it doesn't mean that his finances will be affected. He's only gotten more followers from that. But your actions do have consequences. And people that follow you, a ton of like hate groups are like finally we have someone that's that's supporting our cause and they're using him as kind of like this this guy that's like their guy for hate even though that's not what he intended he just wanted to say like look how ridiculous it is that i can actually get these things to happen but he said he was sorry but that doesn't mean disney will take him back
1: yeah, to give it a little bit more context, I I've I read a lot about it this week, and to be honest, I've never really watched any of his videos. Uh, they suck. I think the, his video of a, apologizing and and and, and oh. his latest video where he apologizes is probably the first one that I've watched entirely. I just wanted to get his version of it, and I don't think he necessarily realized what he's gotten himself himself into. Um, he's trying to defend himself is in this in this situation, but the problem is. Um, and I know, yeah, he defends himself saying, you know, it was satire. It was a, a lot of the, the accusations are taken out of context. Um, what I've read is that, uh, and I haven't seen all those videos, but the World Street Journal claimed that he has uh, nine videos with potentially, you know, anti-Semitism. And, and once again, I think this number is a little bit exaggerated. Uh, apparently, they took uh, out of context a part where he raised his hand and it looks like he does the Nazi salute, but he's just pointing at something. That's right. what he claims. Again, I haven't watched the videos. There's both ways to take... Um, this from but um i've heard and i've i've seen you know screenshots where he takes uh an image of hitler to transition through transition through um through through scenes you know when he does his montage in some videos and he has at some point like two indian kids uh writing on their on their um on their panel uh you know kill the jews or something like that uh because he was like making a point during his video about how absurd the world has become like he was trying to show how obscene things have gone into um, like into this world and in this moment of tension that we're in. And I think well, everybody is a he was bit using
2: a service called Fiverr and yeah. he was asking people to kind of like dance around holding a sign that says death to all the Jews. Yeah. Regardless of like you want to say how ridiculous the world has gotten. You don't. You don't do that. That's not no, exactly. like, why and, would know, that even pop into your head?
1: And so I put that in perspective. And I remember when I was in, 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 in France, living in France, I watched this show that was always talking about the audience of the national public French t- um French channels. And most of them, you know, primetime was making around 3 million, 4 million concurrent views. This is pretty much his average. He's Every video that he posts gets 2 million, 3 million views. At some point you have to be accountable for something when you are being watched by two million, three million uh different people. Um, when you do that montage, when you watch yourself doing that, you're like, even even if it's satire, even if it's bold, you know, bold and even if you wanna be who you wanna be, you don't wanna be censored and everything. I mean, man, come on, you just gotta be a little bit smart, okay? Like this is a tough time and you're Family friendly. There's kids out there. Those kids are not born in those times. Um, we're not born in those times. And I've seen... Uh, and I've had German friends from, from, you know, when I was living in France. I have I met German friends and they're laughing about this. You know, but when you are... And sometimes people will say that humor is a good way to kind of like move on and, uh, and release the pressure off of it. And uh, satire is probably the best way to, you know, to not forget, but also know that you need to move on but um at some point if you're so on the edge and you are so you know borderline just to make those views and everything you just you just gotta stop you it's just not a smart decision there's so much other useless things you can do and there's so much other things you can do to make views i don't think you particularly need to go down this road um but I think he's a very smart man, to be honest. when I w- even when I watch his apology um, um, video, he knows what makes views, and he knows that thing was he knew that thing was going to make some some you know, he's a person. I read the New York Times article, and it, they they do make a great point is that those people are right now used to be the attention grabber. Uh, you know, they're not con- content creators, they're attention grabber. So when they create that content, they find many ways. They know they it's kind of like part of them. It becomes part of them to create content and do and say things that will grab attention. They almost know that if they cry, and not to say that he wasn't honest, but when he cries in his apology video, the one that you can find easily, um, when he justifies himself about this whole drama, this whole scandal, when he cries at the end and says, I love you guys, you know, you know it's gonna, you know it's gonna buzz. You know it's gonna make you react. You know it's gonna make your phone ring just like right now. Um, yes. <laughs> but anyway, I don't want to rant too much. Ryan, you have to say what you think. Um, I just think that the problem with the internet is that the internet won't forget the face of PewDiePie. No matter what he said right now, that reputation is gonna stick to him for a little bit. Just because those hate groups out there are 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 keep on are going to keep on keeping on with that thing, you know what I mean? They're not done. People are not done with this. It's, well,
2: the, it's, the problem is that they're using PewDiePie as like an argument for free yeah. speech, yeah. and when you use services like YouTube and you're partnered with maker studios you're under contract your free speech is invalid you can say whatever you want but it's you're not protected 100 percent of the time you had a contract you had an obligation you didn't meet it and when you say stuff there will be consequences whether he realizes that or not doesn't matter but it's affecting other people who do watch him. And they're like, well, PewDiePie is more popular than ever, so I can say whatever the hell I want. And I'm not going to have any consequences. And someone that watches him will get in trouble for that.
0: Uh, Words. <laughs> Words. I've been thinking about this.
1: I feel like Ryan is the judge right now. He's like,
0: um, so, <laughs> PewDiePie,
1: would you want to come forward and stand up, please?
0: Yeah. I... I've been thinking about this since this story kind of broke, if you will. Um, Here's what I'll say. Number one, I'm going to preface this all with, I don't watch a lot of PewDiePie videos. I've been aware of him kind of since the beginning, and I'm not a fan. And specifically, I'm not a fan due to what I feel is somebody who is not funny i think he's i think he is attention grabbing i think he is um, i think you said it completely correctly yannick which is he's very smart he knows exactly what he's doing that's the only way you can get to 54 million people subscribe to your youtube page And I think in the climb, from zero to 54 million people, somewhere along the way, he has become a, a, a cynical and unabashed narcissist who believes that something is right simply, or funny, simply because he did it, and not for any other reason. Agreed. Um You can <laughs> like there's lots of things that make fun of there's lots of people over you know in history that have made fun of Jews or the Holocaust or any of that stuff. A lot of times this is happening in R-rated movies or stand-up comedy, which is all geared towards adults. PewDiePie has millions of kids. That are subscribed to and watch him. And when he sits there and tries to say that his humor and his context is understood by his audience, I think it's consumed and enjoyed by his audience, but the actual meaning of it is not necessarily understood. Because it can't be understood by a kid who does not, maybe doesn't know what Hitler is. Right. And just thinks, "Oh, Jews, something is funny about Jews. I think I can say Jews and people think that's funny." Him defending himself. I, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm glad I went last, Sandy. You said this best because when you're in a contract with somebody, free speech is out the door. You say yeah. what they paid you to say, you know? Mhm. And make no mistake about it. Just like when a corporation makes something for you, they're interested in getting money. And if they're interested in making you happy, they're only interested in making you happy because that means you give them money. PewDiePie is interested in views. Right? And he's interested in subscribers. That is his currency. Because he's an unsubscribe away, or a lack of a view away, from not commanding the power that he has or just being a selfish bigot that, you know, has a multi-million dollar home and can make videos where he tapes cell phones to drones um, for shits and giggles. I think he made his career off of other people's video games and screaming over them. Uh, He doesn't do so much of that anymore because he he successfully pushed past that. But I think there's so much about the quote-unquote legend of PewDiePie that is the story of a guy being in the right place at the right time. Definitely. And so no, PewDiePie, I don't think you're funny. And a lot of us out here don't think you're funny. Number two... Just because you do something does not justify it. Talk to an entire race of people that faced extermination. And number three, you don't have any right to make bold-faced claims about what your audience of children do or do not understand because all you get is a comment section under your videos. Now I'm sure after a while, if you're at his status, it all becomes noise. You know? Death threats are on the exact same plane as fan mail, because you probably get equal quantities of both. But right. I I I could have told I could have said this exact same statement before any of this happened, which is the world would be fine without PewDiePie. But he has managed to go out of his way to upgrade that into, I think the world would be better without PewDiePie. Into mm-hmm. and, hmm.
1: uh, and to cover the aspect of what you know is what's the stand on YouTube here. Um, I think that YouTube and Google and Disney in general, I think, are, are just doing the right move. Uh, they're detaching any type of support they are having with him, any type of partnership. That being said, um, there's no contract. Between a, a YouTube content creator, a YouTuber, pretty much a YouTube account, and the YouTube platform itself, they do have some policies. Uh, but there's that's
2: some a contract. You agree to YouTube. the terms of service. You've agreed to the contract. <laughs> right. right.
0: But, you know. <laughs> but like I mean, they, seen, I think what he's I've saying is, saying is there's no explicit policy saying they have to like take him down or anything.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, know, yeah. No. You know, he's <laughs> like. So I think they they're just doing the right move. Some people might say, you know, this is YouTube responsibility to take action and blah blah blah. Um, they, you know, if they were to take down um the 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 video, I could come up with a hundred other examples where people are really getting borderline with that stuff, and that ultimately becomes freedom of speech, of speech, uh, and 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 this freedom of speech has has given us great things through YouTube and through the internet. Uh, but, but unfortunately, that's, we've got to be thing, smart consumers like of 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 this platform of YouTube. Yeah,
2: it's and not. And, I hate that argument because. It's it's not like the freedom of speech that you're entitled to in the United States does not cover a service like YouTube or Twitter or something like that. It yeah, doesn't that's cover that. People that.
0: don't understand. Like Twitter actually does not have a responsibility to curb abuse. Neither does YouTube. Like they they could if they wanted to, but that costs money and doesn't make a lot of money. At least in the you know wide purview, like YouTube is not going to say. Let's remove the person who is essentially synonymous with our service from our service. You know, uh, it's not in their interest to do so. Um,
1: but if, you know, but I'm saying like, if you see, if if we go down that route and we say it's, there is no freedom of speech, then why isn't YouTube? Um, I'm just saying that the YouTube behavior with that case has been is consistent with the, what they've been doing uh over the years, uh they could take down uh, they could take down videos that keep on being hateful at them. And you know, PewDiePie is one of them, but there's many YouTube people that make money out of criticizing the platform they make money on.
0: Well you gotta understand though, YouTube takes down videos all the time right at, on behalf of corporations. And or, for
2: uh, whatever reason, like, yeah. they'll, they'll take down videos of um, war crimes being committed in Syria, even though it's, it's technically considered news. YouTube takes it down because they consider it too graphic and violent, but they can leave up someone, you know, saying something totally terrible because it, that's YouTube's choice for what they want to do. It's not really, like, it's not even by any means whatsoever, like... YouTube does whatever the hell YouTube wants.
0: And that's true, right? And, like, the reason why you, YouTube is hoping to have their cake and eat it too, which is say, we don't support this. Okay, now they feel like they check the box of good guy YouTube doesn't associate with PewDiePie, but we're not going to take down any of those videos because they make... you got to remember, for every ad dollar PewDiePie gets, guess who gets some money? youtube yep so anyway know your content we have such a little audience that it doesn't really matter but i say (laughs) unsubscribe from booty pie uh
1: subscribe to pixels weekly
0: (laughs) (laughs) transfer your subscriptions um i don't know it just really bummed me out because i i think the thing that was like missing in so much of this to me was like you know i have uh little cousins who are both sub teenage age and yeah and i have a little brother he's 12 yeah and stack on top of it my cousins have autism and they watch youtubers like most kids that age do and to think that there's a yeah and to think that there's a youtuber who is saying this is okay you know, this is what my audience wants. You know, people have been getting cheap laughs. Comedians have been getting cheap laughs for years. If you're so talented, which I submit that you're not, work hard for your laughs. Work hard.
2: Yeah, he's super awkward in interviews.
0: Well, he seems like he's on the edge of losing his mind. anyway. So let's just let him do it. All right, that is... Sad, kind of a sad note <laughs> to end on so i did want to um just throw this in sort of at the end to uh to
1: sometimes the news hits you right sometimes it you like hits a truck
0: you. and it hit us like a truck this week um if you guys get a chance i'm going to talk more about it next week but i've been denying to talk about uh, Solitarica, which is a mobile game that i've been playing uh fire emblem heroes which we have yeah. some pretty negative impressions on from from me on the website but i've been playing it more and past that initial onboarding stage there is some light at the end of that deep dark tunnel um, so we're going to be talking a little bit about mobile games which i never thought i'd say and, um guys next week what's next, next week?
1: week next week shall we tease it
0: yannick next what's week? next week Happy Do you have
1: birthday Day to two. us!
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, no, Sandy doesn't get two birthdays in February.
1: No. Oh, well, you say anniversary? Okay, you guys, you guys say anniversary.
0: Yeah. Um, la
1: well, anniversary. La I think next week, we, we have to remember exactly what was our first episode recording, but uh, I have documents on our Google Doc, that on Google Drive, that is our dated feedback that are coming from March 1st, so I think it's r- around like February 27th, but next week we're supposed to celebrate our one-year anniversary.
0: Hey, do you want me to go back in time and we'll find out exactly what we'll our first episode was? We'll,
1: we'll come up with the exact date next 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 week, but the year second. has gone by, boys.
0: Holy cow. Guess cool. what? Mm. It's February 28th. There we go. Will we be one day short of our actual anniversary? <laughs> no! Well, we'll no! that look
1: or is it? We're still going to make it. Yeah. Because I mean, it's also worry. our 50th. It's going to be our 50th episode, which is And we're not going to do a clip
0: show, which is no new content. Just us going, hey, remember back when we yuckity doogity doo. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I can't I can't honestly guys, I can't believe we've done it. (laughs) We've done this. Made it. Literally, this this episode right now is our fifty-second episode. Because when you count our E3 stuff and if the fact that we did double E3 episodes, we actually already hit fifty-two episodes, which is technically a year. But uh, we're going to be what? our official one year uh, at the end of February, as it should be for all involved. I'm I'm pretty excited.
2: And you can get every episode for free for at free? PixelsWeekly.com. Oh my! Unless you're God. Curtis, then you pay us.
0: <laughs> then you pay us scratch, just like going over to Instagram and checking out by the way the cool personal content like shout outs and stuff that I'm doing cuz I don't know how to use Twitter over <laughs> at Pixels Cast on Twitter so Pixels Weekly on Instagram, Pixels Cast on Twitter because we're in a war, we're in a feud with the lady who owns actual Pixels Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> on we're, we're not, we're but we
2: want to be. Exactly. <laughs> <So We kinda laughs> want to
0: drum up the hype, get it going. Um, so guys, it's a tough tough week in america for news and russia and presidents and it's a tough week for pootie pie and season passes for zelda but look we're gonna be okay we're gonna be okay
1: next week is a celebration week let's make
0: it happen let's make it happen and until next week adios and we'll see you next week